And when other creatures see them from the hilltops, they all become stunned. Just pause there for a minute. So, can anyone tell me what's kind of strange about two of the names in this verse? Son of David. So, what's peculiar about that? Okay, so we, we know that Krishna is the son of Yashoda. Any other reason why the son of Devaki is an odd name in this verse? Yes? Isn't Devaki the mother of Krishna and Mathura? Devaki is the mother of Krishna and Mathura. Yeah, so what makes this? Why couldn't the Gopi say that? What's strange? Well, the purport explains that the Well, I don't want to go into the purport yet. That's why I didn't want to go past the verse. But explanation is like, but I first want to know why we need an explanation. Well, because this is Vrindavan pastime, why are we talking about David? Yeah, if it's a Vrindavan pastime, why are we talking about David? What else makes it really peculiar? Think chronologically. We have a chronological problem here. Do the gopis know? Exactly. Apparently nobody in Vrindavan would know at this point in the Leela that Krishna is the son of Devaki. How might they know? At this point, chronologically in the Leela, Kora hasn't come. How might they know that Krishna is also called the son of Devaki? Yes. There you go. So we also have another explanation. What she said? She said Gargamuni, because Gargamuni had said that Krishna is sometimes known as the son of Vasudev. So that's one explanation. What other word do we have? What other uh, name do we have here? We scroll up just a little bit. That's funny chronologically. There's only one of the names. He wouldn't be called Govinda When did Krishna get the name Govinda? He gets the name Govinda from, uh, from Indra after the Govardhan. Yes, he gets the name Govinda from Indra at the end of the Govardhan Leela. So we have, we have two things in this verse that if we just look at the verse, if we don't look at the commentaries, don't look at with each other's commentaries, we have two things that are a little mysterious when it comes to chronology. Yes, everybody understands what chronology is, time coming one after another. Chrono means time, logical, one after another. So that apparently nobody in Vrindavan would identify Krishna as the son of Devaki at this point, although they, maybe they could from Gargamuni. Although it seemed that Gargamuni would be talked about in their lifetimes. Right? But I suppose you could refer to him by another lifetime, and then apparently he hasn't yet been given the name Govinda. Srila Sridhar Swami explains that because activities such as those described in this verse do not occur in any other world, the earth is unique. Now this is an important point that Srila Prabhupada picks up on in the Christian book. And if everything goes well, I'm going to play a recording of Prabhupada for you. In fact, the earth's glories are being spread by wonderful Vrindavana because it is the place of Krishna's pastimes. The name Devaki also refers to Nadia Soda, as stated in the Riyad Vishnu Purana, Deinamni Nanya Barjaya Yasoda Devaki Ticha Atta Sakyam Abhutasya 
Devakya The wife of Nanda had two names, Yasoda and also Devaki. Therefore, it was natural that she, the wife of Nanda, developed friendship with Devaki, the wife of Shauri Vasudev. Uh, some of the other Acharyas do say that another reason that they could be calling him Devaki Sutta would be having heard from Gardamuni, so, uh, that Krishna is also called the son of Vasudev, so they might have referred to him uh, for that reason. Srila Vishnu Thakur explains Krishna Lila as follows. In Vrindavana, the peacocks request Krishna, Govinda, please make us dance. Thus Krishna plays his flute. And they surround him in a circle and dance in time with the rhythm of his melody. And while standing in the midst of their dancing, he also sings and dances. Then those peacocks, who are fully satisfied with his musical performance, out of gratitude offer for his pleasure their own divine feathers. In the usual manner of musical performers, Krishna gladly accepts these presentations and places a feather upon the turban atop his head. Gentle animals such as deer and doves greatly relish the transcendental entertainment presented by Krishna, and to get a good view, they flock to the peaks of hills. Then, as they watch the breathtaking program, they become stunned in ecstasy. Now, some other acharyas say that Krishna was already wearing a peacock feather, and that when the peacock saw Krishna wearing a peacock feather, that gave them the impetus to ask Krishna to dance. So, Shilasanta Goswami comments that because in Vrindavan, Krishna goes barefoot and thus and can thus directly mark the earth with the symbols of his lotus feet, that transcendental land is even more glorious than Vaikuntha, where Vishnu wears slippers. Slippers seems as strange. You always think of slippers as indoor shoes. Yeah? At least in America, it's common. says he wears jeweled shoes. Vrindavanam Sakibhuva Vitano Tikirti Yadevaki Sutta Param Jalabta Lakshmi Govinda Venam Atumata Mayurani Jim Prekshadri San Vavarachanya Vavaratanya Samasta Sakvam. O friend, Vrindavan is spreading the glory of the earth, having obtained the treasure of the lotus feet of Krishna, the son of Devaki. The peacocks dance badly when they hear Govinda's flute. And when other creatures see him from the hilltops, they all become stunned. Uh, by the way, Ashimaramaraj has this book, Vain Gita, and he has like a, ch- a whole chapter on this particular verse. Also, Sanatya Goswami has not only written a commentary on this verse, and I found two different commentaries by Sanatya Goswami, but he's also included this verse in the Bhagavatamrita 37108, where he's written another commentary on this verse. We really have a lot by Sanatya Swami on this verse. Um, and I'm going to try an experiment. Let's see if this works. Yeah, I can hear it. 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 Yeah, I can hear it.
Oh, my no, no, well, let's see. just, you know, virtually. 
if someone says, oh, watch this video. It's, it's about this and this and this. You'll find it interesting. Or read this thing. Yeah. Or read about this. We become captivated. So we should become captivated by Vrindavan and Krishna's activities in Vrindavan. This is the way that we will absorb our mind. Whatever we are absorbed in, that's where we go. You know, there's, there's a lot of truth to the fact that we are creating our own reality. I mean, different people present that in different ways. But the Shastra does explain that whatever we meditate on, whatever we hear about, whatever captivates us, that's where we go. That's what we get. Everything that we have in this life is a result of our previous captivation of mind. The kind of body we have, the family we're born in, all the circumstances of our life have to do with what has captivated our attention. So this description of Krishna's flute is particularly captivating. This chapter, right when I was going through Srimamaraj's book, and he was explaining why he started. That was his first book that he wrote in the Vrindavan series. Those of you who like me very much relish his books about Vrindavan. He said, why did he choose that one? He said, because he used to listen to the old BBT recording of the radio show about Krishna's food. Has anybody heard that? I should play a little bit of that for you. So it's it's a short one, like 15 minutes long. Uh, different parts of Krishna's Lila were made into like radio shows for the public. And one of them was Krishna's flute. So he said he really liked that one, so he decided to start with that chapter. Or like here, Krishna Swami often tells about how when he first contacted Krishna consciousness and he read about how Krishna was feeding butter to the monkeys, he became very captivated. So this concept, or like you were saying the other day, you know, about a god who dances. So. It's very captivating, this concept that God is doing a peacock dance with the peacocks. Imagine doing a dance with peacocks and dancing like the peacocks. You've all, everybody seen peacocks dancing? Yes. I see. Yes. Everyone has seen live peacocks dancing. They kind of shake, right? Shake their feathers. So we're going to start with the glory of Krishna's footprints which is a recurring theme in the Bhagavatam in regard to Vrindavana and unique with Vrindavana. That in other places Krishna wears shoes. But in Vrindavana he goes barefoot. He goes barefoot. Now that doesn't mean his feet get really hard. One of my friends was in Vrindavana for quite some time and she decided to go barefoot everywhere. And she said her feet got so hard that when she would walk on a stone or tile floor, they would make noise. <laughs> you know how people walk with high heels, right? Basically. So her feet would make noise like that. Uh, but Krishna's feet aren't like that. As I was talking uh, some days ago about Srila Prabhupada's feet, Srila Prabhupada's lotus feet, although he walked for an hour and a half every day in shoes, uh, they didn't have any calluses or, or cracks or anything, which... Uh, for all of us who have normal feet, we know that that is impossible. It just doesn't happen like that. So Srila Prabhupada's feet were very soft. And Krishna's uh, lotus feet are also very, very soft. He does, there's no cracks in them. There's no calluses 
on them, even though he's walking in forests, <laughs> he's walking on paths, right? And the gobies are always in anxiety that maybe some little twig or some little stone, and right? When we walk barefoot, it's like that, isn't it? Especially if our feet are not calloused. If our feet are super, super, super soft, and we're walking around outside, every little thing is going to bother our feet. And in fact, it says that Krishna's skin is so soft that if a leaf just touches him, it changes color. You know, for, for me, I have to really press on my skin to get it to change color. But just a little touch, it changes color. And yet, he's walking around outside in the forest barefoot, and his feet, you know, all of our feet have lines on them. There are expert persons who can tell your fortune from the lines on your feet, just like they can tell your fortune from the lines on your hands. And when Krishna would walk, the impressions of his feet would be such that you could see these markings in the earth. So that would mean we're looking about like wet earth or earth that's taking some impression and all the creatures in Vrindavan, they so much like to see these footprints of Krishna that they would walk around them so as not to disturb them. Yes? This was evidence Krishna had walked here. Oh Krishna was here. Oh Krishna was here. Krishna. Just like we like to see some signs that someone we love has been someplace, isn't it? Yes? See, oh my husband has been here, my child has been here, and we feel some affection. So thinking like that, oh, Krishna's, Krishna's here, he's walking in our offices. This is very exciting. And this is one of the glories of the earth planet, that it's covered with Krishna's footprint. I mean, it's interesting that Govardhan Hill, who is Krishna, gets very ecstatic from Krishna and Balaram's feet on him. And he gets all excited, oh, Krishna and Balaram are walking on me. I mean, materially, I don't think I'd be very excited if somebody was walking on me. I've heard there's some sort of massages like that when people walk on me. I've never had that experience. But it seems to me that if somebody walked on you, it would be painful. Yeah? And it would probably also be kind of insulting, isn't it? Right? For somebody to walk on you. In fact, we have it as an idiom. Don't let them walk all over you, you know? Right? We need to take advantage of you. Stand up for yourself. Don't let them walk on you. But Vrindavan gets really happy when Krishna's walking on her. Of course, the earth planet, as we talked the other day, is the wife of the Lord. And the gopis often talk about how the earth is very fortunate, how the earth was picked up by Varaha, right? And embraced by, by the Lord as Varaha. And now the earth is very fortunate that Krishna's walking on her and that the grass sticking up are the tribulation of an ecstatic symptom. Oh, Krishna's walking on the The earth is like that. And the other planets aren't so lucky because Krishna doesn't walk on the other planets. Of course, Krishna does go to the other planets, like we hear about in Rhea Bhagavatamrita. Krishna goes to the planet of Indra in the form of Vamande, right? And one of the lower planets with Bali Maharaj, Ramadev is also there as a doormat, but there he wears shoes. There he wears shoes. And also, you know, Krishna's different incarnations have different marks on their feet. 
So like the lotus seed of Lord Nityananda, the lotus seed of Lord Chaitanya look a little different. So here's Avatari, Krishna, and he's leading these marks. And then they're saying the earth is also very fortunate, not only is it being touched by Krishna, but it's getting it's hearing Govinda's flute. And the Acharyas comment that Krishna's names are eternal. In one sense, you could say, Indra gives him this name, Govinda, as saying, you are the Indra of the cows. So, but still, he gives pleasure to the cows. He gives pleasure to the senses. And all of Krishna's paraphernalia is eternal. Like there's a certain point in the Leela where he gets his tongue shell. Right? After he rescues the son of his teacher, Sanyapani Muni. There's a certain point where he gets his disc. There's a certain point where he gets his wife. Right? Where he marries Rumini. He marries Sachibama. He marries Jambuti and so forth. But these are his eternal consorts. But it's fun. Do we all like getting presents? Everybody here like getting presents? Yeah? Do we even like getting presents that we get for ourselves? Right? Nowadays with all of our internet shopping. And we ordered it, right? We ordered it, we paid for it, and we still get excited when it comes in the mail. Wow! I got something. <laughs> so Krishna likes receiving what's already his. It's fun. And when you receive something, it's new and fresh, right? Isn't it? You know, after you have something for a while. Like, I really like this song. It's a really nice song. But when I first got it, it was a lot more exciting than now. So Krishna's always getting things new. Now the Yoga Krishna's always new. His pastimes are always new. His names are always new. Everything's always fresh. So he's always married to me, but he also is meditating on her without having seen her, and he can't even sleep at night, and she's meditating on him, and he gets this message. He doesn't know if he's going to get there in time, and there's going to be a fight, and then there's a fight, and Balaram gets involved, and the brother gets involved, this whole thing, and then there's a wedding, and there's a father going to come, and Balaram is going to intervene. It's a whole thing. It's exciting. You know, so Krishna's always called Govinda, but then, you know, there's the Indra Yagya, and the Govardhan Puja, and Indra apologizes, and part of his apologies, he gives Krishna a gift, and the gift he gives him is a name. Wow, now I have a new name. Wow. Like, we like that initiation, right? That's one of the reasons we attend other people's initiations. Honestly. To find out the name, isn't it? Right? One of the attractive things. And if we can't make it, that's the first thing we ask. So what was the name? <laughs> right? Yeah. So Krishna likes getting the name, even though it's already, already his name. Everything, and, and it's happening over and over and over again. Right? He's always married to me, and then he marries to me, and he marries to me, and Rama's marrying Sita over and over again. Getting the same, getting and then the peacocks are dancing. So now, it's interesting that all the other animals are stunned and the peacocks are dancing. So sometimes this happens in a performance. Right? There's somebody dancing and everyone else is just watching. Everyone else is just stunned and watching. So sometimes everybody's dancing. Sometimes all of the creatures are dancing and all the cowboys are dancing. And everybody's dancing. And sometimes just some people are dancing. Sometimes the coward boys are just dancing, and Krishna Balaram is like, well done, well done. 
And sometimes Christian ballroom are dancing, and the counter boys are like, well done, well done. Sometimes Christian and the Gopis are dancing, and ballroom's not supposed to watch that, but he does have a place in the program, and he'll be slamming it. Here the peacocks are dancing. And they're dancing in madness. Added peacocks. And you know, peacocks have a kind of. Uh, Eric Schumer was talking about this. He was saying their dance is kind of funky. You know, peacocks are one of these birds, they have these long necks and they move their necks. And they're dancing, I don't know how to say it politely, they're dancing with their backside. Yeah? They're shaking their backside and just shaking their feathers, which are iridescent. And then Krishna's dancing with the peacocks like a peacock. And this is also described elsewhere in the 10th canto. How many times the coward boys in general imitate the peacocks. And they're all doing peacock dancing. So when I used to run a nursery school, which is, was my absolute all-time favorite service ever in the Hare Krishna movement, because when you run a nursery school, you don't have to teach math and geography and science. And, and there was no politics about it. And you can just do Lila all the time. You can just do, you know, Krishna's form and Krishna's Lila all the time. And everybody's happy with that. Nobody says, why are we just talking about Krishna's Lila for four hours a day? Are you massaging it? You know, everybody just thinks it's cool. So we used to do these Vrindavan races. So all the kids would be at one side of the room, and they had to race to the other side of the room, and they had to race as different animals. Okay, everybody races a peacock. Okay, everybody races a frog. Okay, everybody races a swan. And the kids would pretend to be these different animals, and they'd race across the room, and then we'd say who won, but that wasn't very important. The fun was just in the race. So Krishna and the boys do this as well. They, you know, they cover themselves with blankets and pretend to be bulls and they, you know, all different animals. Uh, and of course, Krishna not only can speak all the language of all of the creatures, but he can dance like all of the creatures. And uh, it says that Krishna incarnates in every species. So one can certainly uh, extrapolate that Krishna can dance in every species. There are many, many species of, of animals that have amazing dances, uh, usually for courtship, but like these dance to discover, to communicate. Where is the honey? They do a very complicated dance, so I'm sure Krishna can also... Isn't there a classical music, the dance of the bumblebee? So I'm sure that Krishna can do a bumblebee dance. I'm sure he can do, you know, a crane dance and so many different dances. So Krishna is able to do all these amazing dances. So we may like to watch some nature film, you know, the, the dancing and singing of the humpback whale and the dances and singing of this creature and that creature. Uh, but Krishna excels. And certainly when Krishna is dancing with the peacocks, I, I would say it's reasonable that the peacocks are also astonished by Krishna's dancing. They're also astonished. Whoa, what a peacock dance. And all different styles of dancing. Just like we have, even among the Indian dances, there's cutback dance, and there's barbnyajam, and then my daughter often explains to me how there's different styles, like the Rani Priya style of is a little different than the style that Chantapurita has. 
you know, and then there's also like modern dance, you know, there's ballet and there's jazz and there's tap dancing, there's break dancing. One can think that this peacock dancing is probably something like break dancing. It's a really funky dance. You know, Krishna does that in the forest. And you were talking about the jewelry the other day, and I was thinking, Christian must put somewhere or keep with some servant this jewelry that Mother Soda gives him, and it must be when he goes back in the village, he switches it back. You know, she wouldn't be happy. Where's the jewelry I gave you? Oh, sorry, and switched the diamonds for winter berries. You know, so in the village, he's got his diamonds and his gold, and in the forest, he has his winter berries and mineral pigments and peacock feathers. And also in the forest, he can do his peacock dance. He can just let loose. Krishna, God, the Supreme Lord, is a forest God in his ultimate expression. He's wild. Sorry, he's a wild forest God. Where everyone forgets that he's God and he can do whatever he wants. He can dance with ladies who are superficially married to other people. He can kill shape-shifting wizards. He can dance like a peacock. And the residents of Ikuta wouldn't like that. They don't want to see Vishnu dancing like a peacock. They want to see God as God. I am the king. Well, the devotees of Lord Ramachandra, they'd be scandalized. What are you doing, taking off your shoes and dancing like a peacock? Where's your decorum? What kind of dharma is this? But that's the mood of Krishna. We look at the the scent of Krishna's body, Chatusama. It's not flower scents. What are the scents of Chatusama? Camphor, sandalwood, musk, and a guru. Those are all very foresty smells. Musk is an intense animal smell. I mean, it's actually really intense, the smell of musk. A guru is wood. It's actually a fungus that grows wood. Sandalwood is wood. Camphor, we don't know can the smell of camphor. These are wood smells. They're not like some floral. Wild. Maharaj was reading in Nectar Devotion of the Day, Krishna's four personality types, Dhiradatta, Dhiradatta, Dhiraprasanta, Dhiralalita. Here Krishna's very much Dhiralalita with his peacock dancing. And then the other animals are stunned. But they want to see the dancing, so they go to the best places, all the forest animals. It says that Govardhan has many, many peaks. And so they go to the different peaks, like a person wants to get a good seat at a theater performance, you know. So they go and they're watching, and they become just stunned. Just watching Krishna's dancing. Everything else is forgotten and just absorbed. Imagine if we could see Krishna dancing like a peacock. Would we forget everything? I mean, it even happens when people see some stupid mundane performance or something. You know, 
Michael's doing the moonwalk. If people become stunned, oh, look at that. And imagine to see Krishna dance like a peak. Everybody becomes stunned. And the gopis glorifying this, uh, they can make this comparison. Wow, we are really lucky. They're, they're in a deep mood of gratitude here. We're really lucky to be on the earth planet. Now the earth planet, um, it's the lowest of the middle planets in the universe. It's like you just made it into middle class if you get made it to the earth planet. You just, you just got, you just crossed the, the railway tracks to the good side of town and just barely, barely made it into middle class. From a mundane point of view, it's not that great of a place. The heavenly planets are a lot nicer, thousands and thousands of times more sense enjoyment, or Siddhaloka, where you're born with mystic powers, you know? I mean, we can barely walk a few miles, right? They can just fly in the sky, become visible. But they're saying, this is the most fortunate place. So that means they know about all these other places from hearing from vague sources. This is the most fortunate place. Why? Krishna's footprints. Here's Govinda who's playing his flute. And here he's dancing like a peak. So we also hear about this from the Vedic sources. And are we fortunate that Srila Prabhupada, at the age of 70, got on a cargo ship with Bhagavatams that he barely had enough money to print? And said, here, here is Krishna. And he asked Shamasundar, hey, would you please ask George Harrison to donate for Krishna book? And Shamasundar said, you know, I've never asked George Harrison for money. It might ruin our relationship. Ask him for the money. Ask, have you asked him yet? No, not yet, Shamasundar. It's kind of awkward. Ask him for the money. And so Shamasundar said, I'm with George Harrison. He says, um, so... <laughs> So, um, you know, Swamiji wants me to ask you. You don't want to ask them so on behalf. Would you give the money for Krishna book, to print Krishna book, $19,000? And George is silent, and then there's this big lightning, and all the power goes off for a moment. When it comes back on, George Harrison says, okay, well, that's pretty clear. <laughs> and so we got Krishna book. We got Krishna book. And there, how would we know that God dances like a peacock and plays his flute and wanders barefoot in the forest of the cows? So we should become captivated by this. There's so many things to become captivated by in this world. So many things drawing our attention here and there. These politicians that come and go, we hope they go pretty soon. And all of these different, you know, changes in the weather, and all of these this scandal and that thing and that thing and the other thing and the other thing. But ultimately, we want to become captivated by Krishna. A little side note is there was a statement in the BBT purport to verse seven that each of these verses from seven to nineteen were spoken by different gopis, and I spent hours and hours and hours and hours trying to find where our acharyas say which Gopi says which verse. So far I have been unsuccessful. In Vedic Gita, Srila Ramaraj does say that Lalita is speaking this verse to Srimati Radharani. 
He references Jiva Goswami and Sanatana Goswami, but he didn't put footnotes in that book. It was his first Rindavan series book, and he didn't put any footnotes in there. I looked in all the commentaries by Jiva and Sanatana that I could find, and I couldn't find it there. So I just wanted to put that out there, and I am still trying to find that who spoke, which Gobi spoke, what verse. And he was saying that Lalita spoke this verse to Radharani to pacify her in regard to the previous verse where she was feeling so much hankering to hear Krishna's flute that this Gopi spoke this verse to sort of change the subject a little bit and talk about Krishna's footprints and talk about the peacocks and the, the fortune of the earth. All glories to Shri Prabhupada. All glories to Shri Bhagavatam. Hare Krishna.